And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, it's twice as much shame on me. I cannot believe I allowed you to fool me again. She definitely learned from the first time not to be fooled. Fool me four times, shame back on you, actually. You are picking on a vulnerable man. Something has obviously gone wrong with me. This is like, this is like bullying the kid in a wheelchair at primary school. It's like, bully the fat kid, bully the kid with the limp. Four times you're gonna fool me? Unbelievable. Fool me five times, shame on me again. I mean, there's, I'm vulnerable, but at some point you have to take some personal responsibility for crying out loud. Fool me six times. Fool me six times, six times a fool. And I have lured you into my trap. Pretending to be a fool six consecutive times to give you a false sense of security. Only to flip it. And now you are the fool. And you have the shame. Fool me seven times you saw through my trick. But there's no shame, because I'm getting fooled by the best. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, July 12th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets, finally back here in the Classic <laughs> Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. You made it. Congrats to you, and congrats... To Juicy Nibbles, someone in the stream team who is getting married. Unless, that's fake, unless they're fooling us. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> Shame on me. Oh, boy. Uh, over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. As you can see, no Trey today. Don't worry. He'll be back in time for Friday's Drop Podcast. Shout out to Juicy Nibbles and everybody <laughs> in the stream team for joining us live on YouTube. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Comment away. I did see that Juicy Nibble said, uh, open invite and open bar. Ooh. So we're going to a wedding in 11 days. I don't know where <laughs> it is. 11 days? Yeah, that's what it said. That's what it said. He said. I'm in. Yeah. He's excited and we're excited for him. Send the deets. Get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. T-shirts, hoodies, tanks, hats, mugs. We got it all. Go to nodunks.com for all of your merch. Uh, after this pod... Make sure you fire up the brand new episode of No Bunts over at the Athletic Baseball Show feed on YouTube and wherever you download and listen to podcasts. Tass and Joel discussing last night's MLB All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby from the night before. So uh, that one will be a, a fun one for you, baseball sickos. It was a good one. Also, the idea about bringing condiments to a baseball game. <laughs> Because someone did that. Someone brought a Dijon mustard to a baseball game. So wow. we debated that as well. You afterwards. can bring that into a stadium? Yeah, that's weird. You eh? sneak it in? What if... Yeah, you sneak it in. 
<laughs> you know, you don't you don't pull it out of your pockets when you're going through the metal detector. <laughs> you keep those. Was uh, it confirmed D- that it was Dijon? Dijon. I mean, could have been chutney for all we know. He was putting on his hot dog. Mm, that's well, that'd be nice. Be kind of nice. Yeah. Squeeze bottle. It was a squeeze bottle, right? I didn't actually see it. Oh. So, so this just, person just didn't want the basics. They didn't want the basics. The yellow mustard, That's the ketchup right. and the relish, maybe some onions yeah. that you get at most ballparks and wanted debate. something special. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. Same. <laughs> I applaud the, uh, yeah, just the creative creativity yeah, the of it. Ingenuity. Yeah, sure, exactly. Sure, Why sure. else do they make cargo pants? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that's what you uh, got in all those <laughs> pockets right. that you wear. Condiments. All right. Uh, <laughs> look, we weren't going to do a show until Friday, but there has been an increasing amount of trade chatter. There has been. Surrounding Raptors all-star forward Pascal Siakam. So give me some Raptors news is what I thought, and let's do it here. And this is really what we're going to focus in on this podcast. We're going to break it down, set it up, Talk about some fake trades, but really get to the the core of why this is happening and whether or not you sort of believe what's going on. So this kicked off uh, from our guy, Michael Grange, at Sportsnet. Him writing an article, you know, there's a growing separation between Siakam and the franchise. The key paragraphs, we show them to you here on YouTube. I'll read them for the podcast listeners. Uh, For the Raptors, the most notable absence all weekend in Vegas has been Siakam, the Raptors' all-star forward who has been featured in trade rumors for the past few weeks. Grange would go on to write, Per league sources, the Raptors are still listening, trying to gauge the market value for their leading scorer and leading returning, in theory, playmaker. Atlanta remains a possibility. Indiana has reached out, while Orlando is another team that bears watching. Later in the day, Mark Stein reported that it's increasingly conceivable that Siakam is moved this offseason. He also had the Pacers, he had the Hawks on the potential suitors list. So that's multiple reports from established, well-connected NBA writers. Why now? What is going on here? And are you buying this, Tass Mellis, as a Raptors fan, uh, the idea of potentially moving Siakam here in the the coming weeks? People are bored because the Damian Lillard rumors are gone now, I I guess. No, I I will say, uh, just as far as Grange reports goes, a man who was extremely tapped in. Uh, Even in that article mentioning where the Raptors are staying, staying at the Wynn Hotel. He knows where they're staying. Uh, No, I, I... all jokes aside, is the gap increasing because they are trading him? Or is the gap increasing because he wants an extension? And and that's the deal. I don't think it's inevitable. And then, the, the, you know, just to to go with the reports and, and to comment on the reports, Stein saying it's increasingly conceivable. Fine. I, I don't think it's really a lock either way. I think he could be even more valuable if they sign him to this extension Mm -hmm. that he's um, worthy of here and that he can sign before the season. Four years, a lot of money would be the max. I think it would be $192 million. That would kick in for the 24-25 season. So, yeah, he'd be, you know, technically at the end of it, 34. So not ridiculously old, but also, you know, uh, past his prime, that's for sure. But isn't he even more valuable doing that? Also, I mean, I I just think that Masai would be comfortable running it back. Um, And I'm not sure about these trades. We'll get into the trade packages. I I don't know if there's one that's, sorry to go baseball, even close to a home run. I I wouldn't say that when when thinking about them. So 
yes, maybe they're not on the same page right now, but I'm not buying into him just not being there, you know, and and just equating it to this relationship being severed. Not buying that. I think that's way too far. Okay, well, the, the why now is definitely, it seems to be in Grange's article, sparked by this idea of Siakam missing Summer League. Uh, you know, Grange writes, it's a tradition for established members uh, of the big team, as Grange put it, you know, your starters, uh, your your leaders, to sit on the sidelines. But there's lots of teams, summer lots of teams that don't have their big guys there. It's true. It's not mandatory. It's not 100% attendance, as Grange also wrote. But it is encouraged, and you do see most teams have good representation of their vets on, on, on the board. Especially, he writes, like, when it comes to the Raptors, you say they're at the win. They're at the win because they literally built a practice facility there, and... Your previous leaders, or at least one of them, Van Vliet and Siakam, they were always there for these things. They would always show up, start putting in the work, start making the bonds with the rooks and the coaching staff and all that. So that's what really sort of, I think, sparked this. And that is getting some backlash, I know, Granges from some Raptors fans who think he has like an agenda. And he's like, oh, you you don't really have, you're not saying why he's not there. And I guess the Raptors aren't as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But everybody's like trying to piece it together like, oh, he's not there (laughs) because he's unhappy because of extension talks, thus them exploring trade possibilities, right? That's where people are like doing the whole mapping it together. Yeah. Track his flights, uh, I guess, the last (laughs) little while. Figure it out. But uh, all that to say, I don't think it's inevitable that they're trading him. But at the same time, he's definitely the most out the door that we've ever seen. Yeah. Right. Um, so it feels that way. Sure. Especially with Fred leaving and it feeling like the old regime is starting to move. Yes, he has been there historically for sure. You see him on the sideline and now Scotty's there. Other members of the team are there. Uh, Pascal being the most notable for sure that he's not there. I'm sure he wants a contract. Um, I don't, I, I think that's probably the biggest thing. I don't think he's, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's one way or the other that he's out the door or not. He was extension eligible last offseason and the Raptors, you know, did not come to an agreement with him. Grange did say the team offered him a three year extension. Again, this was heading into this previous season, uh, but that didn't happen. Other reasons why now though, and you touched on it, of course losing Fred Van Vliet has got to be a part of the equation, uh, that we're hearing these whispers, these rumors, that there's maybe some smoke here because yeah. it it could you could look at that as yeah the Raptors Masai Bobby Webster and the team is like picking a direction and that direction by all accounts when you hear new coach Darko uh, Ryakovich talk about this team it's all like Barnes 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 it's Scotty's sort of chance here along with OG who's younger and that's the other thing here OG extension eligible coming up here Scotty Barnes not far from that obviously and this idea of like you're gonna pay three sort of max guys that are ballpark same position for a team that's average, if we're being truthful, uh, over the last little bit? No, that would be that well, would be unwise. So that's why I think you're like, well, maybe we have to look to move one of them, and and maybe it is Siakam. But you can sign him and trade him you later. Can. You can. And and yeah, as I said, maybe that is the way to do it because next year, twelve months from now. I don't think the Raps want to be in the same position that they were with Fred Van Vliet. They absolutely do not. They don't want to lose him for nothing. He's an unrestricted free agent. He could literally walk uh, 12 months from now. Sure. He would get less money somewhere else. And so that's why I think it may just help both sides. Sign him now and and figure it out later. I could see the Raps running this thing back 
it would be those three guys, as you said, <laughs> virtually the same position, you know, uh, similar guys, as you said, with even uh, uh, less of a backcourt. Uh, no disrespect to Dennis Schroeder, but he ain't Fred Van Vliet. It would be him and Gary Trent manning the backcourt with these three same guys. But you're right about Ryakovich preaching the Scotty Barnes train. Right. That's happening for, for sure. Yeah, and and just this talk of like, a different style of play. I, I, you know, like just ball movement, ball movement, ball movement. You keep hearing that. And not that Siakam doesn't move the ball. I mean, he's like one of he's the a, best sort of playmakers on the team. Basically. Um, you know, it, it, he, he's the, he was the best at getting his own bucket though, too. So obviously you could give him the ball and he could, he could try and go do that. Um, why it does sort of make sense that this would, you know, these rumors may have some, you know, some truth to them is the rebuilding direction. Sure. But also this idea, you just slipped it in there. How many times have the Raptors like let a guy go for nothing? I mean, since the championship squad, it's a lot. It's Kawhi, it's uh, Marcus Saul, it's Serge Ibaka, it's obviously Van Vliet. I mean, you can throw Danny Green in there. There are there's this this little habit here of not getting anything. Even Kyle Lowry, if we're being honest, you're getting sort of pennies on the dollar for him in in the sign and trade. So you could see why they don't want to go down that road again if they can't agree to agree to an extension with Siakam. He plays, and then he just walks. But the wrinkle to all this, Tass, is there are reports that he wants to remain with the Raps. Yeah. And this has definitely riled up some of the Raptors' fan base, uh, especially people going at Grange again, like, what are you doing? He wants to stay. Why are you, like, trying to say, oh, he's not at Summer League. That means they're maybe looking to move him. Remember, uh, Chris Haynes had these reports back in June, I believe it was. Like, Siakam saying, I'm not going to re-sign with the team if you trade for me. So don't trade for me. Because, well, I mean, you'd have me as a rental, sure, but... Yeah, I actually want to remain in Toronto. I want to get this extension done here, and I don't, I don't, uh, you know, it's a bit of a risk if you're going to make a move for me. What do you make of that? I buy that he'd want to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I also buy that the roster balance ain't all that good with Barnes himself and OG Ananobi, and you know, not a real great lead guard. I mean, all all the best players are playing one position, and that's the stinky part for for the Raps. And that's why it is conceivable, and that's why it was in, in June. If you go back, we we had this discussion that it sort of makes sense to trade Pascal Siakam, even though he is clearly the best player on the team. He is at the peak of his powers. He had a great season. He's twenty nine, so. Slightly older, a few years older. I mean, it's prime, though, really. It's prime, yeah, yeah. But as far as like that, you know, the two paths sort of idea goes. You know, there there are other players that OG and, and Barnes are younger, right? And maybe it makes sense to trade for a lead guard. That's when we get into the trades. That's the worrisome part for me. Uh, I mean, I'm just not, I'm just not seeing it, right? As far as bringing back a player. And the other thing is. 12 months from now, he's probably going to be the biggest name, the absolute, the, the biggest name with a bullet uh, in the free agency class. Yep. Like the clearest name. The ones Jalen Brown in theory Jalen's the biggest his. one. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's Anthony Davis and there's Kawhi Leonard, but they have options yeah. for that 24-25 season. They're probably taking those because they're monster numbers. Then it's Pascal Siakam, who will be in his prime. But as you said about the flyer thing, if you're another GM – yeah, you're you're seeing this, and you're seeing a guy who's a an unrestricted free agent. So how much are you going to give up for him? That's why I think it behooves the Raps to say, sign it, and you are more valuable as a trade chip because the numbers are not going to be crazy for a Pascal Siam that, that under fifty million dollars. I know it's, it sounds funny coming out of my mouth per year, 
for an all NBA player who can fit anywhere. I, I, you know, it, it depends on, on the team a little bit, but he's going to fit in mm-hmm. and he's the perfect number two guy. He won a championship that way, had his most efficient year as a number two guy uh, in 2019. So you can see somebody dealing for him. I can see it. Yeah. Let's break down his like market value and what he did last year. Good season, no doubt. 24.2 points per game. That's top 20 in the league. Eight rebounds, six assists. We round up a little bit. Career high, 5.8 assists. We're being specific. 71 games. He shot 48% from the floor. Just 32% from deep. That is, you know, one limitation of his. He's never really had a consistent three ball. That number actually cratered after the All-Star break. He couldn't hit a three to save his life. Couldn't hit a corner three to save his life. He's an innings eater. Let's talk baseball a little more. Led the league in minutes per game for the second consecutive season. He does that. Again, that's a also a Nick Nurse thing for sure, but he can play. He did have that monster 52-point game against the Knicks right before Christmas. He made the all-star team. Um, you said he's 29 years old. Do you think he can get any better? Hmm. Or is this like this is a, an incredible level? I mean, he's he's proven to be a, an all-NBA or at least borderline all-NBA player. But is this like going to be – this is going to be Siakam here. Or can he still, you still believe, could take it to, I guess, another level to be a number one guy? Or no? No, I don't think so. Let's be entirely truthful. I think we're seeing peak Pascal, but it's pretty good. Yeah, (laughs) sure. And and yes, he's not a number one guy on a championship team. Fine. But how many guys are? How many guys are actually proven number one guys on a championship team? Not a lot. Mm -hmm. Under 10? we We can try and go specifics, but... Yeah, you can be hopeful that a few guys, even in that top 10, if you're, if you're actually going to number them, are going to be number one guys on a championship team because there's not 10 who have been on a ch- number one on a championship team. But you can, you, know, you can, oh, Jokic did it. Why can't player X do it? So that is his big, the biggest knock on him. Will he ever be that? Probably not. Right. Um, unless you have a, a real equal uh, number one option. Well, we even saw his uh, Siakam's two playoff runs as the quote-unquote top dog. He struggled. Yeah. I mean, there was uh, the post-championship bubble run where he's like, again, the best player along with Van Vliet. I get that. But, um, you know, they played again. They swept Brooklyn, I guess, and then went to seven in the bubble against the Boston, Celtics. Yeah. Against the Celtics. He didn't have a great, great series in that. No. And then we saw him, what, in the one series against the uh, the Sixers where they lose to Joel B. This is a couple years ago now. Um, he was better than he was in the bubble, but it was still not, not like enough. blow you away as like a no. lead, lead guy. He even broke Pascal Siakam's face with the, in that series where he threw the, the, the bow at... Embiid's face, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Pascal threw the bow at Embiid's face, and they still couldn't overcome right. the Sixers. Yeah. If you're the Raptors, though, and you have to make almost like a decision, are you, are you Team Siakam or are you Team OG? If you have to pick one or the other, because OG, the whole part of this is he's coming up for a fat new contract. People think he could be making like $35 million a year, which sounds, you know, at first like, whoa. But, you know, again, because of the free agent class coming up and all that, like, what do we know he can do? His age, what, he's 25, I believe. Uh, like, which one, if you had to pick right now, Tess, mm. where would you go? In keeping in consideration the makeup of your team right now, if you are a absolute Scotty Barnes believer that he's like sort of your star moving forward. Well, there's that caveat, I guess. I mean, put them both on a wall. You don't. Know, let's say you don't know what your team is. Let's okay. say. Let's just say you're picking first pick 
in this in this game okay. in this hypothetical okay. in this game or this series or this season it's Pascal Siakam right you think it like, is to win right here right now I agree by the way yeah I agree too with, with what <laughs> I just said but but okay so let's let's think about it you know for a few years down the road if you're picking that two path thing if you're trying to go younger that's where you start to think OG and if you can get a guard the problem is this overlap of Siakam Barnes and OG it's just too much of the same guy mm-hmm. I never think I don't think Barnes is ever going to be a lead ball handler you don't think so you don't think the Raptors will try it? They're going to try. Yeah. They're going to try, but he'll always... You're concerned it will work? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, lead ball handler as in he needs others. Like, it could work with Pascal one day as as if Barnes develops because Pascal is so good at, at creating himself. But now we're talking about Barnes, who I don't know if he's ever going to have a great three-point shot. Pascal, who is... Doesn't have a great three point shot. Yeah, OG, you can rely. On. They yeah. need they need another guy. They need they need another sec a, a ball handler. And so there's too much overlap. So I can see them going younger, and that's why it's conceivable that they trade him because they, they need to balance out this roster a little bit. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen in the draft, and maybe it can happen via trade, or maybe it happens in free agency down the road. But now we're. Yeah, now we're into the 30s for Pascal Siakam, and yeah, I, I, yeah, we got to see the Barnes development is is probably the biggest wrench in this because he's going to get the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. They're going to try it, and and maybe that works a little bit more without Fred Van Vliet there. But also, I mean, there's so many guys that want the ball in their hands. Gary Trent is back; he wants the ball in his hands. OG and Anobi, reportedly grumpy about his role for years mm-hmm. and not getting enough uh, of on-the-bounce opportunities. Can't wait. And then uh, the weird part this... is if if they are like, okay, and, and maybe rebuild's not the right, right word, but like you said, like the youth movement, mm-hmm. why then did the Raptors trade a pick at the deadline for Pirtle? I guess he's not old, but, you know, it's it's like they're, they're sort of caught between both ideas it feels like it's like which one are we and hence why they're like an average 500 team maybe and maybe this is why we're here like it's like ultimately they're picking a direction uh and trying to like cash in if you believe any of these rumors uh in trading like a siakam this episode is brought to you by Michelob ultra the official beer sponsor of the nba want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive nba prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, let's talk about the teams because, like I said, the Hawks, the Pacers, the Magic have been included. Uh, there are a bunch of other, you know, creative ideas out there to, to get Siakam to the Knicks or the Clippers or whatever. Ooh, other crazy interesting. Teams. But I want to start with the Hawks because... Before DeJounte Murray signed his extension, four years, $120 million. Uh, I know some of that's incentive-based, but that was the one you were hearing. Some sort of DeJounte Murray for Siakam. 
okay, I could see why mm-hmm. you know both teams would explore something like that. But Absolutely, that's sort of gone now with Murray signing, and then people say, okay, they'll include Bogdanovich, you know, Serbian roots, he pair up with Darko, but he can't be traded until September 16th. So, I mean, it would be the start of the season and all that, but that's not happening anytime soon because of a trade restriction on his recent extension. So then it's like, who? Who the hell would the Hawks actually want to move off? They have some young talent, but you still need contracts to obviously get to Siakam's, whatever it is, you know, 30 to 35 there. Do you see a path here for a for a Hawks trade that makes sense for either team? Got to say no. I do not see a path. The one that is being thrown around and the one that works financially, DeAndre Hunter and Bogdan Bogdanovich, right. do not see that at working at all. I'd say from the Raps perspective, no, no. <laughs> DeAndre Hunter has not lived up to his contract. Uh, I, I don't see that uh, happening. The, the injury concerns are big. Even when he signed that contract, I, 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 we had the discussion right here, right now. You're paying on potential. You're paying on the promise. It hasn't panned out. Uh, and then you're getting such a similar player to what you already have on the wings. That's my worry. Yeah. Is you need a ball handler. And Bogdan Bogdanovich, as Serbian as he is, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you need somebody who's can handle it and has lived up to their potential. If you're trading Pascal Siakam, I don't see the fit. DeJounte Murray made more sense. Um, but DeJounte Murray is absolutely dedicating himself to Atlanta. I uh, love the, the the tweets and the messages after he signed his extension. He just wants to be here. He wants to buy in. And they've got a guy with buy-in. I don't think they're moving him what, whatsoever right now. I mean, that yeah, again, it could happen down the road, I guess. But I like that for the Hawks. Uh, I like that position that they're in. But, yeah, like you said, that made way more sense. When it was Dejounte Murray yes. potentially, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't think I don't think they have. You could say they have young players that are maybe in, intriguing to the Raptors. Uh, in AJ Griffin, I guess, Akongwu, <laughs> yeah. Johnson, their new rookie Kobe Bufkin. Um, I, I mean, I, yeah, they have some draft capital. I mean, their future picks like twenty nine and thirty. They do have the Kings' first round pick in twenty four, so that would you would assume be included. Um, but, like, how many of those young pieces are the Hawks going to say, okay, for a potential rental, keep in mind here, mm-hmm. for Siakam? They're not going to say, here's all four. They might say, here's one. And I think they should. If this is at all in play, DeAndre Hunter, I think they would gladly sort of move for a Siakam upgrade. And then it would take probably one, if not two, of those young guys. And I think they're too in love with the Kongwu as they should be. I mean, they're looking to move Capella, we would all think, for him to get more of an opportunity and then it's like, do they, they do they need both AJ Griffin and Jalen Johnson? Eh, I don't know, maybe not. Um, they would do something like that, I think, for Siakam. Yeah, but not not the whole not the whole youth movement, and not probably all of the draft capital, which is even limited, as I said, as it is. Right. This isn't just us being homers. Uh, I, I am wearing a, a Toronto Blue Jays jersey <laughs> right now, but I don't think this is enough for the Raps. In a, in a trade with the Hawks, I, I know there's potential there, and and Jalen Johnson, of those guys, yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, I I love watching Jalen Johnson play. I love AJ Griffin play. You got Kyle Korver in the front office now. You got a guy like AJ Griffin who should be running off every screen. I don't know why his uh, role was reduced last year. It didn't really make a lot of sense to me, but uh, I think Quinn Snyder's going to use him a lot. But 
can the Raps get a guard in a trade? <laughs> I mean, those right, right. AJ Griffin's not a, a lead guard by any means. He's coming off screens. It'll work with uh, with Trey uh, and and Dejounte Murray. I know it's it sounds a little crazy, but I think the only one that sort of fits in in a trade here is Trey Young, and that's not happening. Right. They're going to give this a, a a full throated shot. Him and Dejounte Murray here in Atlanta. So I don't think the Hawks is a really good match. Okay, uh, Indiana Pacers. Have you uh, fired up the trade machine when it comes to them? A lot of trades with the with the Raps would start with Buddy Heald and his expiring deal. You know, ballpark um, twenty million. It's like nineteen point three million, so that would be a big chunk of it. Then you'd have to have is it Daniel Tice? Is it TJ McConnell? Uh, and then and then again, how many of these young prospects that the Pacers would potentially move? Like is Matherin off the table? Is their new pick Walker off the table? Is even Nemhart off the table? Because they have a lot of draft capital, too. They'd have a lot more that they could uh, at least throw in in terms of picks. Yeah, when you start off the conversation by saying it would start with Buddy Heald, I, I just, I'm not overwhelmed uh, as a Raps fan. I know now I'm, now I'm going to the Homer card, but now you're in that same sort of timeline. Buddy Heald's older, and so it doesn't make a ton of sense. Right. Okay, you got to get somebody younger, and it's not Daniel Tice, it's not TJ McConnell. It would maybe the conversation is you got to really aim high and dream big, not aim high, but dream that Andrew Nemhart's going to be a really great player. And at this point, um, you know you can you can squint and just and hope he's a Fred Van Vliet, I guess. Uh, but uh, that that's a pretty high ceiling for him, even though he's he's really solid and will contribute. Um, Jarris Walker. He's damn good, you know, a, a, a little Draymond Green replica, I guess you'd call him. You'd hope uh, that that would be, you know, an incredible ceiling for him. But the but Pacers again, aren't going to do no, that. I don't think they so. They just got the guy. I, they I just would, got the guy. Yeah. Matherin obviously looked like a star for a couple months, fell back to earth. Yeah. And even Nemhart. Okay, I think Nemhart could be included in a trade if it was for Siakam. Yeah. I do. I think that's where they would go. The other two, they'd say no. They'd more be like, come on, take Neesmith. Uh, come on, take a couple more picks. Uh, yeah, and, and maybe go, it's the picks. The picks. I think it's the Pacers. Yeah. It's the picks that would sell the reps. Yeah, and yeah, maybe maybe you tear it down. That would be like a tear down. You know, if you're not getting back, oh, yeah. a really, that'd be leaning basically into like, okay, we're gonna be one of the worst teams, and we'll just have a couple more bites at the apple in the draft lottery to get another player or two. But what about Barnes and OG? Aren't they leading you to the promised they, land? No. No. You're no, right. No, they're not. Not, they, not they, now and, and maybe not ever is my concern, but... Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the dream is here with Pascal Siakam, even though the packages are dwindling over the last year, you know, since since the Rudy Gobert deal, they've just, you know, plummeted. It's a player and a pick. And a good player at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... There's got it's got to be out there somewhere, and yeah, it's everybody here in the stream team commenting. He's a rental. He's a rental. He's a rental. I get that, and that's why I think it makes sense to sign the guy. Um, and this is like you, you mentioned, you went through the resume. It's a guy who plays, a guy who's really good when he plays. <laughs> he's friggin' all NBA. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't think any other GM would hesitate to say, "Oh, he's signed until he's 34." The cap is going up and up and up and up with this new CBA. I think I think that's fine. So I think that's probably the smartest move for the Raps to increase his trade value. I agree with that, but I'll push back on this. All we've heard about the Raptors last season was their vibes fucking sucked. 
And I know you want to go like, what? Vibes? Are you kidding me? But yeah, <laughs> that's all we heard. And a lot of it was maybe Van Vliet and Enciacum as the older guys, the guys that have won the chip, with some of the younger guys and the butting of heads. And then there was Nick Nurse, and I think is a big reason why he's not there anymore, to sort of shake it up, to get through to maybe some of the younger players, to try and get everybody on the same page. And I just, I'm concerned, especially now when you start folding in rumors, have and I guess he wants to be there, so that's good. But like, have you lost him? Is there going to be a you know a conflict between um, some of your star players? Like, have we've gone down that road and there's no coming back or not? Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe you would say not because he wants to be there it, it, by all by all accounts. So that's good. Yeah, it's it is great, and they br- bring in Darko Ryakovic, who is the nicest man seemingly in the world. <laughs> right. And so he could be the the peacekeeper as opposed to Nick Nurse, who was, you know, a little bit rougher around the edges and was calling guys out. Will will Pascal Siakam be totally fine with Scotty Barnes being more of the ball handler? And, and you know, if you want to look through rose-colored glasses, you say that's why they didn't go – that's why they don't have a lead guard anymore that's going to take every single possession. That's not Dennis Schroeder. It's not Gary Trent. It, they are going to put the ball in Scotty's hands. So if, you know, Pascal was, I, I, don't, I don't think he is really part of any sort of problem. Mm-hmm. Pascal is got a lot of opportunities last year. He was uh, a main cog. He was their go-to guy. And so I don't know if, you know, who knows what the vibes are. You're, uh, it's that's I think it's fair to, to question it because it, there were some major vibe problems. Yeah, and they don't want to go through that again is pretty apparent. Yeah. Nor why would you want to? <laughs> oh, you took two parts out of it now uh, with Fred and Nick Nurse. Now, Fred, they seemingly wanted to bring back, mm-hmm. uh, but that didn't happen. So I don't think Pascal is going to butt heads with anybody. I, I, I could see him coming back for sure. Uh, so what are these other teams then? How do you feel about either the Magic or another wildcard team? Um, if it's not the Hawks, who you don't think have sort of enough to get it done, maybe even the Pacers. And again, the flip side being, these teams may not want to give up as much as the Raptors would be asking. And that's one thing we know for sure. The Raptors are going to be asking yeah. for the moon, Tess, if yeah. uh, if this is true. I mean, look what they were asking for you know, OG at the deadline. It was like, yeah, hey, give us a thousand first-round picks and maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll respond to your text. So you know they play like that. That's what Masai and Bobby Webster do. Are there any other... Potential trade destinations, packages, things we could like talk out here that like make some sense. I'm trying to be uh, fairly reasonable here when I say a player and a pick. I don't think that's not asking a lot. It's not. No, that's... Uh, no, that's. I mean, a good player, okay, a good one, a very good one. The Magic could make it work. I gotta hesitate because Pascal's value. It's. It's. I don't know if you're gonna get one to one. I. I think it's. It's gonna be tough. Um, with the Magic, I think they have they have a lot of front court players, and so I don't even know if the the Pascal fit is incredible because they want number one Paolo Banquero. You know, overlaps a little bit with Pascal Siakam. I mean, they're they're similar. You know, three point line in, create it for everybody, um, and dominate. So I mean, that's a bit of a problem. They obviously have Franz Wagner. Uh, Untouchable. So those two are untouchable. Probably. Yeah. Probably. But why not? Why not? I mean, I think the Franz level is what you're looking at. Like a Franz and a Fultz, is that enough to get it done? Franz, Fultz, and Gary Harris, technically, math works. 
you can call that one into the league. But yeah, you're right. That would the, the be magic very would, enticing for the Raptors. Yeah, the Magic wouldn't want to do that. I don't think so. I think they're immediately saying Paolo, Franz, and probably their new draft pick. Uh, you know, he's looked pretty decent in summer league. Take for what it is, but untouchable. Yeah. It's more like they're yeah. Okay, what about Jonathan Isaac? Uh, you like the long and lanky guys. Uh, what about you know Gary Harris? Money reasons. We got a million guards. You want Suggs? Remember when you were going to draft him? Yeah. Uh, and you and you. Uh, um, Ultimately didn't and went with Barnes. What about Cole Anthony? Like, that's the type of level they're going to be going at. But by position, sure. Jalen Suggs would be probably the the number one lead target for for the magic to trade, I'd say. And and if you're looking at it, well, he he fits what the Raps need. But in his two years since they decided to pick Scotty Barnes over Jalen Suggs, he's had flashes, but... You're not buying him as a lead guard. I don't. I don't think he hasn't shown enough. You can, if if you're in in terms of trading Pascal Siakam for him. So, yeah, the I don't know if there's really enough of a match. You need somebody who can handle the ball. If you're the Raps, you want a ball handler. You want somebody that can that can be pretty decent. Uh, you know, Franz isn't a total overlap uh, with with the other guys. He would be my target on the magic but of course he's damn good of course he's he's really really good as a secondary creator but i don't know i mean maybe you even want you know more of a, a traditional guard guard so maybe that's not even a, a great match and and even from the magic side you're gonna be do you want to roll siakam wagner not wagner uh yeah that wagner yeah siakam franz wagner <laughs> right. and, and Boncaro as your front line yeah that would be awesome actually uh you probably do that and then move on from wendell carter or or, or something like that but the yeah. other part of this if it's a true rental and it's like you know siakam's like really plays that card that's like no i'm not going to be potentially signing with you so like look at me as one year if this is really happening then he almost you got to start looking at it like the Raptors did with Kawhi Leonard that he has to be going to a a good to really good team mm-hmm. that like takes them into the potential of even sort of uh, going very very far if not winning a championship like the Raptors ultimately did incredibly with Kawhi because Siakam on the right squad holy crap I think as coming in as the second third whatever guy hell yeah like you could take that team to the next level. You know, Hawks, are they, like, borderline there? I think it's a bit of a reach, but, like, I can squint and see it. Like, suddenly, you know, adding him to their guard play? Okay. Wow, maybe that is something special that you're suddenly in a conference finals, if not even in the finals. Maybe. But these, the Pacers, you know, the the the, the Magic here, a couple of these other teams, they're just, they're just, they're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Right? So then it's like, oh, we got to look at Siakam as almost like our, sort of our best guy if we want to try and keep him and pay him as max money. Uh, is that what we want to do with our younger talent? I mean, you're just in the situation that the Raptors are in then, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's yeah, that's yeah. the issue. That's why it's hard. Uh, the Knicks get brought up every time now, any sort of star players on the market, because they've been accumulating assets for years. They have a ton of their first-round picks. They have a ton of other teams' first-round picks. They have talented young players, R.J. Barrett, Quickly, Grimes, um, you know, there's Julius Randle's contract. I, a lot of people throwing around some sort of framework. Randle, Fournier, draft picks for like Siakam and Chris Boucher to make the money work. That doesn't <laughs> doesn't wow me really as yeah. a as a Raps fan. I would probably do it if I were the Knicks. You know, upgrading Randle for Siakam is what we're getting at here. But yeah, yeah any thoughts on 
on New York getting in here? Could they be a player? Yeah, Siakam over Randall in your lineup, you do it in a heartbeat. Um, so the way Randall has been the last couple of years, his value isn't inc- incredibly high. It's just it would be, as from the rap side of things, this would be more for picks. There's just so much overlap with Randall and 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 Scotty and, and OG again. It would be nice to... You really want to guard. It would be nice. <laughs> It'd be nice, right? It's just, yeah, the raps have a type. I mean, switch it up a little bit. They the six nine wing after wing after wing after wing. There needs to be yeah somebody who can create a little bit. So as far as the the Knicks go, I, I don't really see an incredible fit. You can hope Emmanuel quickly is a special player and maybe make him part of the package. R.J. Barrett would be probably the best you know most upside that you could get from the New York Knicks. But you're yeah, I mean, uh, is he going to be a lead guard? Um, so I, I, as good as he is, and he had a really good playoff run, we're, maybe we're looking at a three-team deal here oh, I was uh, just to make say, things happen. Do the Raptors need to try and get involved in the potential Damian Lillard to Miami Heat trade? You bet. Does Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero intrigue you enough mm. to try and get on that? Or I guess Anthony Simons is a, you know, a potential kickback from that. There's those two names. And then my favorite, when you're just talking about like a star guard in the league, Zach Lowe on his podcast with Kevin Pelton. Man, I wish Trey was here to talk about it. We'll talk about it on Friday. What about Siakam for Zach Levine? Is that insane? Hmm. Straight up? It works. But Zach Levine's under contract for four years still. You know, 40 million plus a year. Goes up, up, up. Um, But there's your guard for forward. Sort of swap. I thought that was fascinating. I'm not. I don't know who says yes. I don't says who says no. I'm not sure on that one, which is probably why it's probably a realistic trade. Both say no. Uh, I, I could see it from the Raps' perspective for sure. Yeah. Ridiculously talented guy. You got enough ball handlers around Zach Levine where he doesn't have to be a creator, because Barnes can do some of that. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, you know, Schroeder slash Gary Trent can do some of that. What What happens on the bull side of things? Yeah, it's weird on that side. Yeah. Don't love it as much on that side. It's getting off of his contract for sure. It's getting off of Zach's contract. Yeah, yeah. if that's the move. But, again, like, wouldn't you want Pascal if you're trading for him? Like, why are you renting Pascal? Go all in with him. You know he plays every day. You know he's a talented dude. You know people would play with him. You know he's a winner. So I I could see, I mean this this isn't crazy. I don't think this is crazy. Rap should sign him to the extension. Siakam should sign up for the extension. He's made. He's a self-made man. He should go get that that contract, and then get traded to the Chicago Bulls, <laughs> which that that's a, a scenario where they're not, you know, uh, like you like you just said about teams wanting to trade for Pascal Siakam to take them over the top. They're not going over the top with Pascal Siakam, though. Yeah. Him and The DeMar problem is the Bulls are basically Vooch. the Raptors. The Raptors are the Bulls. The Bulls are just uh, one game better. Oh, I thought we had a trade there for a second. Uh, yeah, they, they're they similar teams, but but this fits better for the Raps, I'd say. They get a guard. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> what about the Clippers? Kawhi, Siakam reunion in uh, L.A. They have more than enough players to make up matching salaries. They could get there. Norman Powell, you know, coming back. 
Marcus Morris, Batum, Covington, these guys all make, you know, between 18 and $12 million, let's say. Uh, they have some first-round picks, 28-30. They could do pick swaps in 27-29, so it would be future things. Terrence Mann, I guess, would be the the exciting sort of young prospect that they could uh, dangle if that's enough. Is there any path to that, or does that not even make sense uh, for the Clippers side of things? Hey, I'm from Toronto. I'm looking at it from the rap side of things to start. I don't think there's enough to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as Terrence Mann is a tantalizing type of player, I, I don't think he's – he hasn't overwhelmed. Last year was a bad year for him. Bringing back Norm would be hilarious, uh, of course, <laughs> You know, uh, for uh, a guy he was traded for still on the roster and Gary Trent. Um, but I, I – you know, just I think you want a, a player like the the players that we're talking about. Um, Terrence Mann is 26. I'm seeing in the stream team, so I uh, if He's that's a lot correct, older than you think, yeah. yeah. So the the word prospect. His name is Mann. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't panned out the way I thought he would last year. I thought he'd be a starter for that team, but it, it's an interesting thing with the Clippers. They they seemingly don't let him. Don't let him flourish. They're bringing back Russell Westbrook now, so he's not going to be able to play as much. So uh, I don't think there's enough coming back uh, from that squad. Um, I, I think the level of player, when you when you said hero, okay, mm-hmm. we're starting to get into the that level, a, a decent, that you know, solid guy, at least, at least all-star potential, at the very least, mm-hmm. I'd say, at, at the top end. I don't think the Clippers have that. So in that hypothetical, Siakam goes to Portland, Hero goes to Toronto, Dame obviously goes to Miami in some sort of crazy three-team deal. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, what are the Blazers saying to that? I right, guess, right. I guess their their team is now Scoot, Shaden. Uh, they still have Jeremy Grant and Pascal Siakam. Sounds pretty fun, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> My only concern would be, like, too good. They'd be, like, all suddenly, like, too average. Too uh, average. It's like, it's, do they want to lean into, like, being sort of just potential growth, get a couple more picks, either in trading Damian Lillard, getting those picks, and then their own in staying bad. Um, but if you so, believe in Scoot... So, yeah, I know, I know, I know. If you believe in Scoot, then you say, well... Pascal Siakam as a complimentary guy, but is he too old for Scoot's peak, which is going to be a few years from now? Uh, is is Siakam the right guy on that team? I don't know. I mean, they just they probably got to go younger. This the the wild contract for Jeremy Grant without a number one beside him is is weird. Um, and so you're going to double down on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love I love Jeremy Grant on a winning team, but uh, he's not on one right now any other teams trade destinations for Seahawks it sounds like you think they're ultimately going to come to an agreement here I think an extension so you don't think Siakam will do the ultimate move of like no I'm going to try and make all NBA again because he could even make more money if he uh, went into that there is that because he didn't make it last year just missing out I was thinking Julius about Randall sort of took a spot oh okay um, Julius Randall yeah that's interesting is this the year with the new CBA where it's just top 15 players make all NBA positionless I- believe that is correct yeah you're right i had forgotten about that i think think that's gonna be very difficult i think that hurts him a bit yeah yeah i could see that because uh every you know the fourth best centers in the mix now and more more guards are in the mix Mm -hmm. i heard him a little bit anyways does he bet on himself does he pull a freddy um 
I think the four for one ninety two is probably a damn good option right now. It's a lot and of money. I, and I think and I think both sides would would say yes to that. And then what? Hope for the best with the squad and then look to trade them at a deadline? Or I guess even I yeah, hypothetically even trade OG at a deadline? Like if you believe the reports, there was three draft picks being offered for OG. Grizzlies wanted them that bad. And they still said no, no, no. So that Again, they either believe in OG that much mm-hmm. that they're like, no, he is a, a part of this, our long-term plans with our Scotties and stuff like that, or they're just a little bit crazy <laughs> and stubborn and thought they could make a run like the Heat ultimately did as the eight seed. Maybe stubborn Maybe stubborn is the word for sure, uh, or maybe those three first-round picks aren't three first-round picks. You know, they're mm-hmm. throw some air quotes on them. Are they... Top twenty protected. The first round pick is a is a vague term, I think. So, yeah, who who knows if they're offering three first round picks? I mean, I don't, I don't know if I buy that. Right. And, and it depends on the picks. But uh, I'm fine with them loving OG Ananobi. Does does Masai love his kids a little bit too much? Uh, yeah, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. But they are trying to learn from what happened with with Fred specifically. And, and Kawhi to a lesser degree. Those other guys you mentioned, like Gasol and Ibaka, no, I get sort it. of the Later end of their life. career. No, I get it. But and they capitalized on Lowry a little bit, not a lot. Um, but Lowry was pretty, you know, at sort of at the end of his run. Although he had a great run uh, with the Heat this year. But they're they're not gonna they're not gonna do what they did with Fred. I don't think. Um, but would you be upset if they ran it back? It's running it back, but it's a little different, you know. Well, I mean, it's different because we have a new coach and this maybe idea that we're going to test out Scotty Barnes. But this is the problem. It's like, how much are things really going to change if Siakam still is your best player? Sort of significantly. Yeah. I mean, we're getting at here is, if Siakam is your best player, guess what? Your team is not going to be bad enough to be really like in a in a, a high, high draft pick area because he's too good. But you're not going to be good enough that you're really going to threaten anyone either. I think that's what we're... I mean, and that's, again... Man, if the right team gets this guy, I could see Siakam in finals again. Like, you know, helping a team. Uh, maybe even win another chip. But oh, it's like, course. as the lead guy with the current uh, roster construction, it's a, it's basically capping out, it feels like, to me, 45 wins. Yes. Now, people will say, no, you know, let's get... You know, new coach, let's give him a chance and all that. Maybe. And let's see but what Scotty does. See what develops, Scotty develops into. But I, I... Sure, sure. There is suddenly becoming a lot of pressure on this Scotty Barnes to have a much better year than he had last year, which was sort of abysmal after his rookie of the year season. Um, yeah, I, I get that. But at the same time here, like looking at this particular offseason for the Raps and everybody just poo-pooing on them, saying like it was abysmal... They lost Fred. They didn't have to pay Fred. Mm-hmm. And what what is the ceiling on that team with with Pascal and him being your one two? We just saw it. Yeah, that's a, a mediocre team. So instead of paying Fred VanVleet, you're going forward with at least a, a little bit of promise and the hope that Scotty Barnes turns into something. Or yeah. All the dogs barking for yeah. for, for this. Phones uh, going off, dogs barking. You know we're back in the factory. <laughs> I, I don't think it was a terrible offseason. They, they they signed a $12 million player in Dennis Schroeder to sort of fill the backcourt. 
Jalen McDaniels. Uh, I mean, yes, in Jalen McDaniels taking a, a flyer on him, I don't think it's all that bad considering what they were last year. As far as the books go, it's like, again, it should be a, an average team. And here we are, at least with a little bit of tape. I know, I know Raps fans wanted something different. But as far as, like, move to move to move, uh, you, you, yeah, sure, you could pay Fred into his 30s. Fine. <laughs> but you're going to be an average team, mm-hmm. and you have to pay other guys. And so this, at least this, this prospect of seeing Scotty Barnes and seeing what he can do, who knows? Um, and I, I know there's yeah there's a, a a big big spectrum on what Scotty Barnes can be. become. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but you know they're going to be average with Fred or average without Fred, and so I don't think it's it's horrendous how they uh, how they went into this coming season. I don't think it's that bad. Well, let's hear from you guys out there joining us here. A lot of wolves talk here. On you, Skates. okay. A lot of wolves talk. A lot of wolves talk. We're, we're talking Carl Anthony Towns. Seen some cat, man. Um, from the wolf side of things, intriguing. Intriguing. Yeah. Uh, from the rap from side. From the rap side, uh, I have my feelings about Carl Anthony Towns, so I'm not as uh, as into it. I get that. That is like almost that's the perfect example of the team I was talking about, where it's like the shakeup or adding Siakam as like your second or third best player. Um, you know, with your alpha dog in your garden ant and then you got Gobert as you obviously your your man in the middle that's that's something what team does Tyus Jones play for again is he a wizard now he's yes, that's right <laughs> uh yeah, I, remember we wanted him yeah so so a cat and Tyus Jones for Pascal Siakam if he was on the Wolves sure okay so how, <laughs> how he ain't there he ain't there but you're right Pascal on the Wolves roster as sort of a playmaker beside Gobert and Anthony Edwards and uh, a, a perfect Jaden McDaniels there. Sure. I don't know. Three-way deal. You get Tyus Jones on the wraps. Oh, my God. Ty- also, by the way, Tyus Jones, he played on the Wolves like four yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was on the Grizzlies he's for a did, while. He did Grizzlies. He did yeah. Wolves. I mean, he's one of those guys like uh, that can fit in on any team. He's the Monte Morris. He's he's just he's just going to placate everybody. That's what the Raps sort of need mm. but can shoot. Um, now they need they need more than that for Pascal Siakam. No disrespect to Tyus Jones, this is a solid backup guard, but you need a star. And uh, yeah, again, they just need a freaking guard. They 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 have holes. The yeah. one and the two, not the three, four, five right now. Look, you're on the right path where you're trying to get Wagner or you're trying to get Matherin. Maybe you're trying to get Simons. Maybe you're trying to get Hero. Though you just drafted Grady Dick. I don't know about that one. Um, but it's like you start running out of them in a, in a hurry for teams that would realistically want to do the old swap of one of our good guards for one of your your best forward because it'll help both of us. Especially when you took DeJounte Murray off the table. That one was like, okay, step back. You know, okay, yeah, I could sort of see. Mm-hmm. But now that's sort of uh, out of play. And the Hawks, if anything, they would give up maybe some of their young assets to add that third really really good guy and suddenly have like a you know a tiny big three there whatever you want to call it in Trey Murray and and Siakam that's something but I don't know how you yeah. get there you tell us though uh let's hear your fake trades maybe we'll do a whole nother podcast on it let us know in the YouTube comments uh you're sharing them right now in the stream team tweet them in at no dunk sync for all you podcast listeners I did include a link in the show notes to uh, Grange's article too if you want to read that and uh, make your own opinion on uh on him breaking down 
the potential relationship fraying a little bit between uh, Siakam and the franchise. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Damn, we just did a cool hour on Siakam Trade Rumors. Got away from us there for a second. Uh, but this is a fun one to take us back to All-Star Game Talk, the MLB All-Star Game on last night. At uh, Brown, one of my favorite follows on Twitter, tweeted, Players should wear their own jerseys in every All-Star Game in every sport. This used to be a proper country. And we got a photo here of, uh, you know, the 90s All-Star Games where all the guys are wearing their, their, their colored jerseys for, uh, you know, the road team. And then you got the other team in their whites as the home team. Uh, and, you know, baseball, something similar where they would rock their own jerseys, either the roads or the homes. And uh, I was just curious on your thoughts on this task because I saw, you know, last night a lot of Twitter discourse about, oh, what are these... What are these baseball jerseys, these American and national jerseys? And we go through it all the time with the NBA ones. Do you agree? <laughs> yeah, my wife this morning uh, went to bed during the All-Star game. She woke up. She said, who won? The, the national? Uh, the American? It's <laughs> funny when you say it like that. And you yeah. see American or national on the jersey. Uh, I know that JD loved the American jerseys, American League jerseys. Those green ones, really? Yeah. yeah. It's a beauty green. Yeah, it was yeah. a nice green. It's because we're Not in our... Seattle, I guess, right? Is that what they were playing off of, I yeah. assume? Yeah. And it sort of had, like, 
almost waves built into like it looked like the ocean. Both of them did, but the sure. uh, this so the aquamarine. I, I like the vibe of them. But when you see everybody wearing their own unique jersey, it looks yeah. better. It, it definitely looks better, and you can differentiate between the players a lot easier. Uh, I think there is that part as well. Yeah, watching the game, the casuals can recognize them totally. And if it's an all star game, you should be. That's who you're really tapping into, right? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the biggest argument for having the uniform jerseys, the 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 west or east or or whatever, is selling new jerseys. Yeah, but how I, many I want... do they sell? <laughs> I really yeah. want to know that. I wonder, but how? the argument. I wonder the argument for also wearing their own unique jerseys, their their team jerseys is. That's got to produce some sales too, right? You yeah, ju- you just yeah. you just see their jerseys. Why can't we do both? Why not take half? Well, <laughs> change it half. Change it half. Sure. I meant more. Um, okay, uh, a Blue Jays player is in the game, rocking something similar to what you're rocking. Gorgeous baby blue Tass has on for all you podcast listeners. But like, take do a customized version of all the team's jerseys, like maybe within the Toronto like writing or something, like. There's a similar element to all of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that like, okay, this aquamarine green is like incorporated into all of the American jerseys of the players that are there. And then, you know, the flip side for the national team, it's orange and there's like some accents or something like that. But like keep at its core the jersey of the team, but it's a little unique. Yeah. People may want to buy that. I like Best that. of both worlds, baby. And and uh, this would go to the uh, to the NBA game too. Which I mean, I love those old photos where it's it's like, oh, there's Weber in his black jersey, there's Garnett in his green. Like I think it looks so sick. It just looks cooler. It looks cooler. The generic blue and red ones that we've seen over the last couple of years too. I don't know if I have the faith in the designers to make like 15, let's mm-hmm. say, or 30, really like 30 unique jerseys. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, to right. take the T in Toronto, to take the the U in Utah, or whatever, <laughs> and. And make it good enough. I'm, I'm worried. Right. Yeah, I'm just a little worried about that. You look at the jerseys every year, and everybody says, "Whoa!" And that's just one design. Um, I know. I know it is a little different in that you're just you know mocking up a letter or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the way it looks too. And I think you may. I think you sell stuff. I think you sell plenty of jerseys. And then there's the name recognition part of it. Baseball is a whole other level where you don't know some guys. Yeah, baseball for sure. You want to see what team they're wearing, and I think basketballs. For the casual fan, I think I, I think it helps mm-hmm. um, to see, especially like you know, uh, maybe a, a guy a little bit lower down on the totem pole. Like you know what jerseys Steph wears, but right. you know he could wear his fourth jersey and, and the fourth Warriors jersey, and that would create some sales. So I'm with you. I don't I don't really get the whole. We gotta do the East. We gotta do the West. I'm convinced now, if we had a poll on this. It's like ninety percent plus of people agreeing with at M dot Brown and agreeing with us, and people yeah. are like saying, "Yeah, go back to wearing your own jerseys or maybe some variation of them in these All Star games." I don't think uh, there's not a lot of people out there. It feels like that are like outside of like, "Oh yeah, that maybe is a cool design," but like you show those photos, it just looks better overall. How was the game? Can I get to the the MLB All Star game breakdown quickly? I'll, I will go listen to No Bunts, but overall, was it good? It was good. Yeah, um, the game goes quickly. You say quickly, yeah. Uh, Flew by. Well, yeah, it started a little late. That's for sure. Um, I don't think there was a Canadian national anthem played. What? There's Canadians there. What's yeah. up with that? I don't think there was. 
unless I'm wrong. There wasn't for the home run derby, that's for sure. But anyways, I, I don't know how it started late. But Seattle was a great ballpark to do it in. Felt like I was there. Felt like I was feeling the breeze in my armpits. Uh, it felt it felt it felt lovely. It felt lovely. Yeah, it was it was a, a, a good game. I thought the, the production was on point. Oh, they made up for the uh, production from the home run derby the mm-hmm. night before. Yeah. I know they're put in a tough spot, uh, that's but a they got to do spot. something different. Yeah, they got. It's a fit. brutal watch. Yeah, we had a long talk about that. It's tough. It is a very tough spot, but there was a lot of good mic'd up segments. That's good. While they play, even pitchers. Like while they're on the hill, really? Yeah. They're like that was crazy. They're, they're just right. talking to him. Just right. talking to him, and he's like getting ready. <laughs> That's kind of cool. He's saying what he's gonna. What, what, what are you throwing here? Uh, cutter? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going cutter. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even cover his mouth either. It was no, just like, that's uh, the All Star game. Yeah, exactly. So the production was pretty good. Baseball's getting and there's very nothing good on the line in, anymore in the MLB All Star game. They used to play for uh, home field or yeah home field advantage, right? In the in World, the World Series. Series. Yeah, they got rid of that. They got rid of that. Were you it's too much? Were you? Um, Hoping for a tie because I did see that there's a like, if it's was it tied after nine innings they would have like basically a, home a, a little derby. mini home run derby yeah, yeah a short one oh that'd been fun mm. uh, yeah and actually it was uh, broken like while a guy was doing uh, while Julio Rodriguez center fielder of the Mariners was doing his uh, mic'd up segment he was asked are you part of the the list to be in the home run derby after he goes no which was surprising what. It's the hometown, hometown guy and yeah. it's dingers. But I guess because he was in the home run derby, they want to be fair and give it give a shot to other guys. Oh, that'd be weird. Yeah, he should have been the anchor if it had gotten to that. Yeah, it'd I be think amazing. I think it would have been short. It wouldn't have been like I, th- I think it was like three swings for three guys or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think I saw that too. Three but uh, or I was I was ready to go to bed. I mean, I had to get up and do two P, two <laughs> yeah, P casts yeah, this morning. So it was a little it was, it was getting late on the East Coast. But, uh, yeah. Pitch count's working, though, even in the All-Star game. It was, yeah. Good. All right, we'll go check out No Bunts. Tass and Joel breaking down last night's MLB All-Star game and talking the Home Run Derby. I joined those guys, or I was in the chat, I should say, for uh, the playback. That was a lot of fun, uh, along with JD there. What's our next playback going to be? Well, I don't know. Just us? Summer League Championship game? (laughs) No, not interested. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it would. I think it's fine. I think it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just us hanging out. Yeah, that's you know, true. We don't have to watch anything if we're being honest. We could do some sports quizzes. Thing. Yeah, let us know if you want us to do it, even in this time slot. Like, even if we just come in here not do a podcast, do a playback. Wow, instead. morning playback. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, as we wrap up here, a huge thank you to everybody that uh, came out to our meet and greet uh, in Las Vegas. Um, a couple of days ago, we had a, a, a great time. I thought there was an incredible turnout for something that we gave very short notice on. <laughs> so thanks to everybody. <laughs> very short. I mean, really, we told them like a week before. Totally. <laughs> so uh, thanks to everybody. We had, a, we had a lot of fun. Some of us had too much fun uh, in <laughs> Vegas, and we can leave it at that. <laughs> but we should be back on Friday. Who knows? You know, a Lillard trade, a Harden trade, a Siakam trade, I guess. Uh, we will try and do our best to uh, hit you with an emergency podcast. Otherwise, though, Friday's Drop Podcast, I think we can talk a little bit about standout performances uh, from Summer League, yeah. a little roundup of some of the other news. Uh, I know we've just focused on Siakam here, but you know Isaiah Stewart 
um, getting a contract. Well, I guess you guys talked about that. No, we didn't. Oh, you didn't talk about that one. No. That was the one thing you didn't talk about on Monday. Um, it was after. It was, yeah. Troy Weaver signed that thing after. What an interesting contract that is. Right. Okay. So we can get into that on uh, Friday's Drop Podcast. We'll have Rapid Fire, Tweet of the Night, and uh, all that good stuff. If you have questions, start getting them in. You know we got a beach stepping right around the corner. So email those in, nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet them in, at nodunksinc. Leave them in the YouTube comments. Otherwise, appreciate you guys joining us. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. And remember, when you're making a fake trade between the Orlando Magic and the Toronto Raptors, put some effort into it. Make sure it doesn't sugs dick. <laughs> yes. Race <laughs> yes. <laughs> the day, people. That's good. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.